Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 18th of February 2018. We live in an age of announcements. Announcements with exoteric messages and esoteric messages. Often they're just the same message actually, but for those who are in on the know, uh, they get the real meaning out of the, the message and they tend to remember it. For the general population, they hear it and like everything else, it's dished out by the bucketful out in front of them uh, because we're inundated with data all the time. Uh, most people just ignore these little announcements and so on and think nothing more about them because we are given a lot of fake data as well. We always have been given fake data. It's nothing new. And that tends to do the old cry-wolf type idea. So you'll, you'll ignore a lot of things that are dished out at you from past experience. It's very much like the articles I've read in the past about the medical industry, where they admit themselves, a few years after every announcement, on some breakthrough for this or breakthrough for that, some wonder drug or whatever it happens to be, and surveys have proven and, and tests have shown they throw it out the window and it joins a big, big garbage heap of nonsense because it's, it's, it doesn't work at all, whatever it happens to be. That's how things really are. Data is, is dished out. It's, like with such, it's not even buckets full. It's, it's not even garbage trucks full. It's mountains that's dumped on top of us all the time. And it's a technique of burying you. You get buried with data. Most of it are relevant. And that's how the technique of of really (laughs) flooding your mind goes. It dampens your mind, it floods your mind, and it smothers you until you switch off. That's the point of it. All of what I'm talking about was discussed back in the 90s. I'm sure long before that, but that's when they started to put in the paper about the coming information warfare that would go on. And propaganda wars and so on. And they didn't sit back. Governments and agencies, the agencies that really are higher than governments, your governments are, are puppets for people above them. And, but the agencies are awfully important, the military and all the different spy agencies, etc. And they don't sit on, uh, back and wait for things to happen. They always get right into action, years and years and years ahead of anything happening on the very, the very suspicion or possibility of something happening. And they go into, into action and make sure they're ready for anything. They don't, they don't wait for it to happen. They, they, they're already prepared. For a thousand things that might never happen, they're still prepared for it too. And that's how power holds on to itself. It doesn't dissipate, doesn't get lost, and it doesn't, uh, no matter what happens, whatever crisis comes along, it survives. It's prime function is to maintain itself. Now, years ago, <laughs> years and years ago, I gave talks on all the things that were planned to change society that I knew of. And there's an awful lot of stuff that we're dishing out years, for over many years. Again, these little announcements, these little disclosures and so on that most folk just get fed up listening to. But they, they pretty well told us at the top, big scientific community organizations and the big foundations which finance them, the big think tanks that work for the CFR and many other organizations, 
constantly dishing out their propaganda, basically, but also their plans for the future. And they're not pretending. I keep telling people, you, you hear folk going to Davos and so on. Yeah, you don't vote for Davos, do you? You don't vote for the folk who go there, either. But supposedly they're making your policy for it's going to affect your lives and, and your, your children's lives, too. Well, stop calling yourself democratic, since you don't vote for these characters. Stop doing it. And stop calling yourself democratic since your governments are signing on to all these agendas drafted up by these private institutions. It's a, it's a joke, come on. But we know we're run by a different hands, basically, you might say. The world is run by different orders than the one that you see. And Benjamin Disraeli said the same thing. And many others after him, too, have said the same thing, that... There, it, Bernays, for instance, Ed Bernays said it too. <laughs> he said that a new type, a new system of, he was talking about the, his own group of marketers and mind manipulators. They were really the power behind everything and they were indispensable to governments because they could manipulate the minds of millions of people. We're way beyond that now, way beyond it. And the data for manipulating us all is just, it's beyond expanded, <laughs> it's just massive. Massive, the data, on, on how we tick. And our own tax money, of course, is always used against us for all these studies. Countless, countless, countless ongoing studies over and over and over. And we don't have much of a chance that way. Therefore, when you hear about the Internet of Things, again, a little disclosure announcement, don't dismiss it. It's real. When you hear about the field, the unified field, they use that terminology too. You had Persinger in Canada here, who's announced his, his, he thinks it's wonderful, we'll all be connected, all be connected with this wonderful, invisible field of Wi-Fi, basically, different frequencies. So much so that one day you'll all feel the pain of someone starving in Africa. Isn't that wonderful? Well, Think of the power of that, because do you sign on to have someone else make you feel things? Do you understand what kind of power this, this is going to bring, give them all? They, they've got it, really. That's the same technology that Brzezinski was talking about in the 1970s, in the technotronic era. And it's here. And just like the geoengineering that they poo-poo, and even when they're doing it and admitting it at times, they still poo-poo you if, you if you mention it. It's a great technique they're using on, against the people. It's really fantastic. They can say what they want, but you can't, even when you're repeating what they say. But that's a technique, again, learned from another organization before that. What I'm saying here is these little announcements they make are very real, and they mean what they say. They don't have world meetings for different things, different agendas. They don't have them all. Just so they can go and, well, mind you, a lot of them will go for that too, have their little orgies and things on the side. And they do, they really do, yes. And we pay for all as well. But, and the big, big, you know, 50 course slap up meals and so on. But they really go to make these big, big plans. And they make sure that they're not doing it for a hobby. They're not doing it thinking, if only we had real power, we could implement it. No, they, they do this to make sure that the plans will get put into effect. And they're all unified, they're all sworn to it. Regardless of what happens, they'll go ahead with it. And they could have a world war and they'll still push certain parts of the same agenda through. That's what really got me when I read the, the, the book about the British Empire 
but it was run by, it was put out by the, the Council on Foreign Relations. It was an annual meeting which they held in Australia. At that time, the Milner Group that, that created the Royal Institute for International Affairs, eventually they called it that, was still called different names, even when St. Churchill wasn't sure. It was a very secretive society. But basically, as Carl Quigley said, it was behind wars. They fomented wars to get their agendas through. When you look at it too, it really is astonishing that they could t- say in the 1930s, before Japan attacked the U.S., in the book, it'd be awfully fortunate if the U.S. joined us, perhaps due to an attack by Japan. Now, this was in 1937. The meeting was held, and the book was published a, a year or two later. They talked again about the, their big, big plans for the world, regardless of these upcoming wars. They talked quite openly about this war that would come with Germany. They had no problems about thinking right through it or saying, well, if they put our plans on hold or something. No, no. These global plans were to go ahead regardless. And during World War II, remember, they had a, a population meeting headed by the King of England before the war was finished to find out about the possible projections of overpopulation down the road. You've got to understand, this is real, and the world's a vastly different system than the one you've been brainwashed to believe exists. It's completely different. Completely. The system, really, when you look at the incredible corruption everywhere, it's going down to an extent because of corruption. But then you've got the biggest gangs on the planet running the world at the top. The biggest gangs. That, that don't mind being known to each other as, as crooks. It's their right to plunder the planet because it's their right since they're at the top of the planet, basically. That's how they see it. They really believe they're a superior species, like Bertrand Russell said. And they're here. They're absolutely here, and they have the right to do what they want. But the corruption further down the ladder, which they knew would happen as we emulate them, the corruption further down the totem pole would eventually render society dysfunctional. And we will go through a period of incredible dysfunction. We're kind of in it at the moment. As they pile on more dysfunction, you don't bring masses of immigrants in when your countries have been turned into service economies. You, you don't do that. You simply don't do it. And in a service economy, you're struggling already with getting enough work to, to, to keep the folk going at home already keep them surviving. And that's why they're floating this idea across the planet of a basic income, regardless if you work or not. An old plan, a plan worked out back in the 30s and 40s, which again they're implementing now. There's nothing happening today that wasn't planned a long time ago. Nothing. Right down to to, to the, the gender bending, all of this stuff. Because if they, can, if they can get men to forget about women, then they won't have to worry about children and overpopulation again. They only want to drastically reduce the population. Some governments are paying to have this tot on their population so they won't breed anymore. It's not all by chance, if you think it is. There's nothing happens on a big scale in the world that's by chance, nothing at all. But what I'm saying is, be prepared. Like I said, in 2001, the hardest thing from then on up to right to now and beyond now will be to hold on to your sanity. 
because all these, that was a kickoff, that was a big announcement for all the agendas to start getting rammed forward very fast from 2001 onwards. It's been a roller coaster. That's where announcements were made by members of the CFR that life would never be the same again. Never, never ever be the same again. The whole world's been changed. And that's what they needed too, their Pearl Harbor event. Well, they got it, and away we go. And you've got to be honest with it, just stand back and look at things too. It's not to downplay the severity of, and the numbers game either, of the loss of human life with 9-11. Because it says around 5,000 or whatever it happened to be. The fact is, you lose more than a year with people who get the flu. So really, is that a reason to completely change the system and the culture and everything else in a nation by spying on everybody, giving folk no rights whatsoever, by having checkpoints all over the place, and then, you know, it makes no sense at all. Of course it's not. During World War II, you didn't have as much of spying on the public as you have today. And we're being taught it's, it's normal now. Accept it, you'll, you'll have it forever and ever and ever. Every tyrant's dream was how to monitor and spy on every citizen 24 hours a day. And here it is. Before they couldn't do it without technology. And as soon as you get the technology, bang, that's what it shows for. And they train the public that it's all normal. And the public do adapt to it. Think, well, what can they do? I guess they have to do that. And so on. So every part of the agenda, right down to euthanasia, which is coming, voluntary. I've, I've given talks on it before, not by speculation, but from the sources themselves who are pushing for it all and implementing it, in fact. Because we're, we're living through the big eugenics deal. And by the way, everybody who's not a multi-multi-millionaire today is a failure. They said this back in Darwin's era. But they're talking about eugenics. They said that no one would be alive in a future that would get any better than, than the, the elite of the world at that time, at Charles Darwin's time. If it takes millions and millions of years for evolution and so on, and selective breeding, therefore uh, the ones who ruled the world at that time and, uh, and acquired such vast amounts of money and held on to the money through subsequent maybe five generations of breeding, as opposed to the, to the ones who were from inferior genetic groups or lineages, uh, they would squander the money through different, the wrong kind of offspring and so on. If they could hold on to for five generations, which they had done at that time, then they were the, the right folk to, to... So anybody who came after that was just a fluke. If, they, if they, they got enough money, it's a complete fluke. But the ones who could show by their genealogy and their special selection of, of, of breeding and held on to their, their fortunes and accumulated it uh, and didn't lose it from wayward children, then they were the natural elite of the, of the time, and that would be the way it was going to be for, for then on. They'd always use people who, who have certain gifts, absolutely. But uh, as far as we're concerned, the, the, the vast amount of the public were basically the dregs of the gene pool, and that hasn't changed in their eyes to the present time. And they don't plan on having these dregs around much longer. They really don't. You take uh, the things that, that puzzle people, you hope it puzzles people. I don't hold on much hope at all about these things, but 
you take, for instance, what you get about, say, the shooting in Florida, and you get the announcements that the police were at the house where the boy had lived before 30-odd times over four or five years. Uh, they knew he was unstable, but he, and they even talked to different psychiatrists and stuff that dealt with him. They had information given to them that the guy had even, had talked about becoming a school shooter. And but you you're told to believe that they just didn't go ahead with. I mean, come on, do you really believe that they just uh, forgot to to go and check up on the guy or something? Come on, come on, come on, come on here, come on. And it's not that easy to get a firearm in the States either if you're buying it legally and you're registering it and so on. You have to get your check, background check. Well, they had all the data on this, this guy, young guy. They'd have all the fact that he was mentally disturbed and autistic and the rest of it. But they gave him a license to get it. Don't you kind of think it's maybe set up to be that way? Don't you? Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't it, at the, at the very nether regions of your mind, a faint hint of that somewhere? Huh? That they want this kind of thing to happen? Perhaps. Don't you? Otherwise, it has stopped it. Because it was completely preventable in that case. It wasn't a surprise. And you'd look at what the goals are. Well, you know what the goals are. Out comes the usual. Lobby groups about taking the, the firearms off, off everybody, of course. It's always the same mantra. But you can't just constantly say, well, they just, they just didn't quite get it right. Or they, I guess they were, they were busy that day when, the, when the, the, the guy sent in the email that had been sent to him about the guy wanting to become a school shooter. Come on, come on. Huh? They're not that sloppy. You're talking about the FBI. Come on. Do you think it's a possibility they might just want these things to happen? Huh? Well, you know, the only thing that would stop that is for all, all, all the parents and relatives of these children to sue the hell out of the FBI. But that won't happen either. That really do. That's, the, that's how things happen. They're planned to happen, as far as I'm concerned. Anything on a big scale is planned that way. You have all this stuff about Pearl Harbor. And we know that Pearl Harbor, for instance, it, was, it wasn't just a surprise attack. There's nothing surprising about it. The U.S., for years, under, under FDR, had been cutting off Japan from getting to the resources it needed to bring into its own country, cutting the supplies off. So naturally, the Jap- they knew Jap- Japan would eventually have to retaliate. They knew it all. There's nothing surprising at all about things. There's always this kind of thing behind war plans, always. Always, always, always. Or the New American Century group with their, with their, with their list of countries they wanted to, take it, to have taken out. Still, still going today, from the 90s to the day. Continuation across the Middle East and into Asia and Africa. Same list. They never stop, regardless of what party pretends it's in power. The very thing that you'll find that Jefferson talked about he said, when you see the continuation of an agenda between parties, and there was been, been houses taken over from one to the other, and the same agendas continue, know then you're under tyranny. But they train the, the beauty of the technique we're in today, they train the victims, the populace, that it's all normal. 
They train you even to expect things that haven't happened yet, that that will become normal and this will become normal. Given all your data out there all the time is normal. That's what they tell you. And, and folk go for a long way. Well, I guess, it's, I guess I'll give up all my data. I guess I shouldn't have any privacy. They put out that awful movie, but telling movie, The Circle. Based on the kind of TED Talks and, and the big organizations that run the, the internet technology with your Bill Gates type characters and all the other characters, bringing you all this to the world. And the whole thing was about privacy. Should we give up privacy for, for safety and all the rest of it? And of course they were all gung-ho for it in the movie. And even when they end up killing people who wanted to have, have peace be left alone, literally hounding them to death, literally, uh, this silly little woman in it, this is the champion for all. It suddenly said, "Well, it wasn't that. It wasn't the, the technology's fault. If everyone, even the leaders of the technology, disclose all their payments and so on in their bank books and all that, then it'll be fine." That was the end of the movie, and you'd be watched everywhere you are. It's a wonderful thing, really, really. But there's a reason for all of this stuff. A reason for it all. And getting back to Persinger and so on with his big hive mind idea. And he's quite serious about it. And they're getting funding galore from big, big institutions, these characters. And they network with other ones, basically generally based in universities, to, to figure out these ways to, to, to really take over us all in a hive mind. And you're all getting taught it's normal. It's, and wouldn't it be wonderful? Well, personally, I, I don't want to feel like someone else. No. Uh, if I start feeling like someone else, I'm finished. That means any, any, not just privacy, but the essence of me is gone. Do you understand what that is? Huh? The power, you know where they're going here? And you understand for those at the top, it's not for them, it's for you. It's for all for you. You take, for instance, this. You, you get the World Government Organization who just had the World Government Summit, another one again, they have it every year. They have it in the United Arab Emirates. And all the top scientists go over there, and all their futurists, and all the big Gates characters, and the rest of them, they all go over there. These people who put themselves up as somehow the Fisher King types, or the benevolent dictator types, uh, who have the right to run our lives that you don't vote for. And that's, how, that's what really runs the world. It's, it's, not, it's not your governments. Your governments do what they're told. Your governments literally rubber-stamped the agreements for the European Union. It was handed to them by the Council of Foreign Relations, Royal Institute for International Affairs. That's who drafted it all up. They did the same for NAFTA, for, for Canada and the States, and rubber-stamped it by your politicians. Private organizations, that's what they are, folks, just like this World Government Summit. You don't vote for it. Anything that really matters, you don't vote for. You understand that? And what do you vote for? It's a joke anyway, what you vote for. You never get what you think you're getting. Never. But anyway, back to the old idea of managing the public. Now, I've given talks again about brain entrainment and so on, different techniques of altering folks' thoughts. They admit this from scientific magazines. And, and from the universities that they experiment with it, using your tax money. And once they, they, they've perfected it, some big corporation takes over, often the military, of course, too, takes over the rights to it and the patents to it. But you pay for all your taxes. 
And with entrainment, too, a few years ago, I read the articles where they said they could literally, and I think Nick Bigage also mentioned it, uh, they can actually intercept your thoughts as you're thinking them through technology. It would intercept the thoughts and alter them as you're thinking them in real time, in milliseconds, and send them back to you. And what you end up with is you'll say something completely different once they've rectified what they claim you should have said as opposed to what you're going to say. And they have the programs out there. There's lots of articles out there in science magazines about them actually testing it and how it works, and it works awfully well for them. But they can intercept it, alter what you're going to say by by the same techniques that, that, that they're censoring the internet with, with certain words and so on, they can literally grab those words instantly, change them, and reinsert something else until you're saying something completely different. And they, they will tell you that you're saying something that you should have said anyway. <laughs> That's power, eh? But again, here's the key to everything too. You can't tell everybody and expect them to even care. Most folk don't care. Most folk are self-centered. They really are self-centered. And most folk collect their comforts and they like their, their, their life to an extent. And therefore, they, they don't want to hear anything negative. And they will classify it as negative. There's only a few people in the world, in any generation, that can stick on the hard, hard track and looking at all the unpleasant stuff and point it out for a, for a few more in the next generation to, to, to take over and hopefully continue it. That's how it works. Most folk, the reason we're in the mess we're in going to the, the, end, the edge of the precipice is because most folk will look the other way and they want to have a pleasant life. Even with all the, <laughs> the disclosures that come from the, the sources themselves, tell they want to depopulate. They know that cancer is skyrocketing in all age groups. There's no concern about it because it's planned that way. We're all going sterile in the West, and that's okay too. And again, most folks say, well, you know, it's un- don't look at that, it's unpleasant. You understand that there'll be, there'll be no, no real, real, real news at all. Real news. If there weren't a few folk here and there that did look at the unpleasantness of it all, and occasionally, occasionally they can get enough people behind it to complain and have things changed or at least stalled for a little while. Really stalled. The, the big boys always get what they, they want and, and eventually they, they continue to say, this like thalidomide from the 1960s with all the deformations it caused in, in, in when babies were born with no, no legs and, or their hands would come out where their shoulders were and, and stuff like that. And they brought it back only a few years ago. Same drug. Well, it might, it might again, the usual might nonsense that they always give. They can sell anything with might. <laughs> There's no legality there. Well, it might. We didn't say it would. It said it might. But it might, it might prevent breast cancer. What a joke. Huh? These characters don't put any of their poisons away. They really, really don't. When they put so much money into it. They want a return on their investments. And that's, that's the real world we live in. But anyway, getting back to Persinger and so on, he's unified. It would all be in this big, big field of Wi-Fi that you couldn't get away from, wherever you happen to be. And it would probe your mind. It would be, a, a, be a, a helmetless 
basically a Corman helmet, you know, the helmet that used to give you the same kind of things happening uh, if you're under marijuana or LSD. You won't even need that anymore because they can do it simply through the airwaves quite easily. And cheaply too, by the way. Cheaply. When they're already tested, the basic, the basic raw applications in the 1970s, Brzezinski talked about they could, they could use the technology of technotronic waves across whole continents. It worked. We know that it worked from the different reports that came out. And then it was just raw. They could make you angry or depressed or just tired. They can do all of that, but now they can go even further. They can precisely target specific parts of the brain and even put thoughts in your head if they want to. How's that, eh? And how wonderful it will be, according to Pessinger. You'll feel the pain of others around you far away in the world. Hmm? That's, that's incredible power, all right. Yeah. Incredible power. You know, here's another one here. And this again came out of the World Government Group. <laughs> and that's their term, not mine. World Government Committee. And they, they say that human speech will be replaced by thought communication by 2050. It's actually been done already in certain areas. And it says claims expert, expert. You always get experts, you see. And so human speech will become a thing of the past by the year 2050, by which time we will communicate by thought via computer-generated collective consciousness. The very thing I'm talking about. It has been claimed, you see. And they've done all the testing with it and... Every area has been tested. I'm sure you've felt a bit odd at times too. Our folk have the same symptoms of uh, tiredness, whatever it happens to be, or just irritable, whatever. It's, it's been done. It says, This Marco Karjnovic unveiled his ideas to the Museum of the Future, Museum of the Future, eh? as part of the World Government Summit in Dubai. The hybrid intelligence biometric avatar, which they call HIBA, H-I-B-A, will understand the feelings of people connected to it, take on their personas, exchange information with them, and even become part of the fabric of their brains. Mr. Karjnovic, who has produced the exhibit, explained it's very similar to the work of Elon Musk. It's an open-source platform for humanity, which generally means that there'll be a, probably an organization or, or a, a, a corporation already funding, getting funded by us, of course, public-private, because we always pay for everything that these big multimillionaires get for nothing. Anyway, uh, it's an open source uh, platform for humanity. It's for humanity. You understand what they're saying here? The, the terminology, they could sell you the, 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 the most gruesome poison and make it sound so wonderful. It's an open source platform for humanity. It's not wonderful. You have no mind of your own, and you'll feel all the pain of everybody else if they want you to feel it, or just pain, period. And it's for humanity. Just stop getting, stop falling for, for the science of, of terminology manipulation. Hmm? So it says HIBA will have the ability to connect the minds of the most clever of us, right? Here, listen to this. Combining those minds with everything it can find out practically and put it all together in a hybrid intelligence. So I guess they will need to understand the most clever of us. How many movies have you seen like that over the last few years? As they prepare you for it all, eh? <laughs> So the most clever uh, have got the right naturally to, to take over your brains. How's that? Hmm? Using technology. Hmm? 
and its speech will be replaced by thought communication by 2050. It says uh, suggested technology will enable people to, to use brain-to-brain communication anywhere on the planet. It work much the same way as existing artificial intelligence applications such as Siri and Alexa, but on a much grander and more sophisticated scale. Suggested to be more effective than verbal communication. <laughs> and will enable people to connect with friends, family, or business owners in a more profound manner. LOL, eh? Yeah, so that's an improvement. Anyway, so, so this, is the, this is the kind of nonsense how they're feeding it all to you. That's what they're feeding to you. You'll all be one. You'll all be one. Remember that? It's all, we're all one. We're all one. Yeah, really? Huh? And you're supposed to love it and think it's just wonderful. Wonderful. And it says, the Avatar tells them, because it says here, part of the exhibition they have at this world government meeting, HIBA, visitors are encouraged to stand on pedestals which surround the AI Avatar, where their faces become part of HIBA. And the Avatar tells them, I am made of you, you complete me and help me grow. There you go. How about that, eh? Isn't that wonderful? You help, you help this monster grow, eh? Yeah, well, there you go. But that's, that's what they're giving you uh, for your future. And it's all to do with total, total management, complete mind management across the whole planet. Hmm? And believe you me, like everything else in the world, you don't get any vote on this either. <laughs> People really think that they're in some kind of democracy. I think I mentioned before years ago that I mentioned about a book. It was called The Stonecutter, I think it was called. And it was about, uh, it's a fictional book on the Middle Ages where the, these stone masons were, were traveling little groups across the world, putting up churches and different things, that were anything at all, castles, you name it. And the whole theme of the book was that one of them, one of these stone masons, carried a little boy on his back, his son. And unbeknownst to the son, he was being groomed to be a world leader. And they have these different characters who are the bad guys and the good guys. And eventually they're on a little island one night. They go to a little island and the young boy is so astonished. All the enemies, supposedly, that they, that against them were actually their friends. That was all an act. Everything about who's against who was an act. And what they did is they, they planned the future for their particular world at that time from their own groups. And the young boy, eventually, he was picked to be a kind of leader with his great ideas, his brilliant ideas. The same sort of rubbish you're hearing oh, from, the, from the media owned by the characters that tell you to, that they're, they're geniuses. <laughs> they have their own media telling you and, all, and their handouts to the media telling you they're geniuses. Just, just hand your brain over to them and let them do the thinking. They're far, far more clever than you. You understand that how it's done? But anyway, that, that's what the boy saw and he became one of them for a while until he fell from grace by making a mistake. But I, th- I thought, you know, it's, it's probably closer to the truth where they put on a pantomime for, for the, for, for, which gives them control of war, over war and stuff. And meanwhile, all the different opposing leaders and different parties and war or politics were all part of the same uh, secret society. 
that's how that's closer to what life is really about actually. And to say, and then the whole thing is today we're getting told to, to almost worship these characters that that mind you their their image is Superman and their image as geniuses is, is made up by the big marketing companies who launch them as such. The same marketers that create pop stars or, or, or top actors, or whatever, this, that's what gives them their image. Brandt and other ones before who worked with they actually admitted that they, they created personas for scientists and made them into stars through massive propaganda. And it gives them power. And you, being natural humans, you, you'll just lay your brain down on, on their doorstep. And, oh, have my brain. I can't use it. It's not, as, it's not as high and mighty as yours. So rule me. It's just too simple, isn't it, what they do? Isn't it? And you get so confused by intelligence. You think intelligence somehow makes them more, more moral. No, it doesn't. You, you could you, a lot of psychopaths have high IQs, and they could be mass mass murderers. So stop fooling yourself. It's, that's what philosophy is all about too. Philosophy is nothing to do with morality, and philosophy is really are, are attempts to to get a, a parallel type or a substitute for religion. And believe you me, once you're into into the whole idea of philosophy and, and situation ethics. You can slaughter anybody on the planet if you want to, and whole countries if you wish to. Well, it's practical, isn't it? Yeah, it's practical and um, it's pragmatic, they say. Yeah. And it's become more and more and more dehumanized through all of this atheistic society and humanism. It's becoming a nightmare, more than I'm telling you. Because even when you tell people, they still think, well, they haven't offered me the euthanasia pill yet, which is legal now in Canada and other countries. Do you understand what's happening here? When you lose your, your, when we lose humanity's special, special position in the planet, and we have been demoted by Maurice Strong and other ones with, with the Rio summits and their biodiversity treaties and all the rest of it, when we demote ourselves, like, like Julian Huxley said, from the pedestal, he says, then, then, they, then they can start in on us and start culling us off. Well, I guess that to kill me, you know, it's pragmatic and there's just too many of us and, and my IQ wasn't up to scratch, so well, you know, I'm down here. And you will be convinced that it's, it's your duty to go and die. You, know, you understand? I run, I'm not kidding you about this. This is where it's supposed to go, folks. And unfortunately, they can convince the public of anything because of psychological techniques and the behavioristic studies and us all are pretty well perfect. They can convince us of pretty well anything. It's the same technique, just stepped up, souped up, where, where, they, where they hand out folk over the last 20, 30 years, they would hand out forms for, for employees, to, current employees of big corporations to fill in. And they say, well, you know, Jack, you know, you know, fill it in, see what your performance is. What do you think your own performance, what do you think your value to the company is? And then we have all these, these low figures. It says, well, I guess, you know, what would you suggest if you were me? And you oh, well, I guess I would just leave there. I'm not really worth my salt. Mm-hmm. That's how it's done, folks. It works. Anyway, as I say, I'm not trying to pontificate here, because most folks, as I say, will always do what they want anyway, or they don't want to hear it, or it's just too unpleasant. And that's what you have to accept. 
That is what they, they'll say, it's just too unpleasant. And that's why we always end up with hell and horror down the road every so often in life. Because folk look the other way and allow it all to come to pass. That's what it's about. Very, most folk can't handle it, actually. Most folk really can't handle it. And I understand that. I do. That's why they give you TV sets and they knew from the beginning. Uh, you come home from work all stressed out, you'll zonk in front of that thing, and they can brainwash you for hours until you go to sleep. It's awfully effective. That's the, the part of the, the idea of managing your minds. They don't even need to put a chip in your brain, for goodness sake. And if they wanted to put a chip in your brain with their nanotechnology, remember all the first articles they came out with? They could design these nanobots to literally, uh, they could inject it into you, you could breathe it into your lungs, and it would travel into your bloodstream from there, and assemble themselves as little circuits inside you. I mean, this is what they were talking about back you know, years ago. You don't need to inject anything into you. Actually, even even supposing supposing they, they, they wanted to, they would convince you so quickly that you would, would queue up for it if you give them free airmails or free things for the next, next purchase or whatever. That's, that's how easy it is today. It really is that easy. I'm going to put up a few articles here tonight, too. One is about the number of viruses that float down us from the sky. Just to see you, when these things start to appear like this, there's a reason behind it. They're getting you ready for something. And they talk about the study, you know, make you think twice about stepping outside and blah, blah, and that millions of viruses are rising into the atmosphere and they're traveling for thousands of miles at times, falling back down to the surface and so on, carried out by researchers from the US, Canada and Spain. It's the first of its kind to confirm viruses have been swept up into the free troposphere, the layer of atmosphere between the area where the Earth weather systems develop and below the stratosphere where airplanes fly. It also ties into where all the geoengineering is going on too, because they can spray a lot more than just the aluminum oxides and the barium and so on. And remember that too. An article I'll put up as well from the ISME journal, it's called, and they go into the rates of viruses and bacteria above the atmospheric boundary layer. They did a poor part of the study on it, and I think they were involved in that study. And then one, two, about the bioweapons, because this is old stuff, I mean... They've had bioweapons organizations, Canada led the field in it since the, during and after World War II, to pretty well to the present. And it used a lot of the stuff for its own population over and over and over, and spread the people out, was it, who was it, Saskatchewan, was it, back in the, 1948, with different stuff, and watched the cancers develop. I did the articles years ago on it, and it was all from declassified government sources, so it was not made up, it was from their own sources. Anyway... Yeah, they've done it all right. But anyway, the Pentagon Bioweapons is uh, from the 16th of January, 2018. It's a good article, actually, about the U.S. Army regularly producing deadly viruses, bacteria, and toxins. This is in direct violations of the United Nations Convention on the Prohibition of Biological Weapons. That's never stopped any country from, from making this stuff. It talks about uh, how they expose it to different people and so on, pathogens and incurable diseases, and biowarfare scientists using diplomatic cover test man-made viruses at the Pentagon Biolabs in 25 countries around the world. And it's quite a good article, actually, pretty in-depth uh, with all the sources as well. And you can check them out for yourself, and uh, <laughs> there's nothing to guess at here, actually. Some of the sources, too, are government sources themselves and government links involved in it, too. 
and it has a $341.5 million DATRA contracts under the Pentagon's program for biolaboratories in Georgia, Uganda, Tanzania, Iraq, Afghanistan, Southeast Asia, and, and so on and so on. Mind you, too, that, that that's where they'd love to test this stuff out as well. Africa's a great test base for, for, for testing all these things out on the people because there's never an outcry about it. And they're trained everybody to think is just disease-ridden. And, and that's whenever you hear about something, from, oh, well, that's Africa. Things just grow faster there and there's a lot of diseases and so on because of the climate and so on. No, they have all these laboratories there, folks, and it's a great place to release them. Yeah, of course it is. They don't just sit and make all these things and, 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 and then worship the little test tubes and say, oh, isn't that wonderful? Aren't they beautiful? They test these things out. And since the target is human population, they always use it eventually on humans. We, we react differently from rats, you see. Stop being so naive, for goodness sake. Stop it. This one here, no time to die. As I've said before, many times, we are also the business, the business, and the government in Britain has worked to change the system of consent in England, which permits the removal of organs for transplant. And it says, are you being fully informed of the potential consequences? So the government's, even though it's worded again, it's thinking, well, you know, uh, most folk don't, don't volunteer to donate anymore. So since X amount of them would probably do it if they thought about it, then the government's just going to presume you have given consent already. This is where it goes, folks. We are the business. Do you understand the money they make off of this? Per organ? It's a massive business. Massive, massive business. I've said a few years back when Canada did the same. If you, if you went to the hospital in Ontario here, you're automatically down as a, as a, a donator of organs. Should you die there or go into some kind of coma? Because don't forget, they want to take the organs off you when you're still alive, eh? They'll say, oh, he's brain dead, there's less brain activity, blah, 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 blah. Until, you, and if you go into a hospital now, you've you got to remember, you've got surgeons there, they're looking upon you as a big, big paycheck. Are they going to help you or cut you up and sell you? Hmm? You better think of these things. This is modern life, and it's not human at all. It's inhuman. It's utterly Corrupt. And I'm not saying that folks shouldn't get up plan. I'm just saying, look at the basics of all this stuff here. And how government creeps ahead and creeps ahead and creeps ahead without any consent at all. And the world, too, is so corrupt. I mean, look at all the things with Oxfam. With orgies, it says. Orgies. Incredible. <laughs> Massive orgy. And you understand why these... Everything under the... Again, this is aimed at the naive, which is most of the people. You're brainwashed to think that everything that's out there that says what it is, is actually what it is. It's not. It is not. We live in the, the probably one of the most corrupt eras for an awful long time. Awful long time. But Oxford covered up Caligula-style prostitute orgy involving staff and earthquake victims hmm, in Haiti. You see the, the photographs too, the luxury places that they, they, these staff, these, these volunteer staff are working, but they're getting paid big, big bucks for it too. So that's because a wee bit of stink. And they'll go to, fuck off, forget this, no time at all. They always do. Yeah. And then you have another one. Oxfam too is hit by a second wave of claims because the staff in Chad had sex parties attended by prostitutes 
on the organization's property, and so on. Eh? And you should see the incredible salaries the big characters get and all these things as well. Eh? But that's, that is the system, isn't it? That's what we live under. That's what we live under. And then you get another one too, how they work at politics. Politics, you, you often find, when, when they're not working in politics, these prostitutes, we call politicians, will, will work it out uh, to, to, to help set some new charity up. And they'll get the, the, the government to appoint them as head of the charity as they rake in millions of bucks for themselves. Well, the Milliburn brothers in Britain, two Milliburn brothers, whose dad was a top communist, they ran from Europe at the break of World War II, I think it was, and started just preaching communism in Britain. And then they got into politics too in Britain and did awfully well. This communist did awfully, awfully well. They came out an awful lot of wealth, you know. These working, uh, the people who stand up for the working class nonsense, eh? how, how they end up awfully stinking rich. But anyway, David Miliband, his name is, he hushed up 37 allegations of fraud, sex abuse, and bribery. He, he pretty well got put in charge of some big charity company, it says. It's called the International Rescue Committee. And he was put the head of it. And, and the government, and again, they use, your, they use your tax money to fund it and all this kind of stuff, eh? But he was given millions in taxpayers' money before the allegations were made. Well, you understand, they're awfully free with your money, but you don't understand, you have no rights at all. You have no rights at all. Everybody is just a slave to these, these entities that are called governments that have trained you to believe is all real, and even get argumentative about but this party against that party. You actually believe it all. You really do. And it says, uh, he's given millions of bucks, or pounds actually. A team from the IRC was sent to probe claims of wrongdoings in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Congo has been at war forever with different groups and so on, and the, one, the dictators that are put in there, as long as they're friendly to the, to the Western powers, who are in there to get the uranium, it's a very high-class uranium, then uh, they leave them alone to slaughter who they want to slaughter. That's how it's done. Here's this character, you know, he, he gets out of politics and he gets this set up by the government, your own tax money, to make sure he's got a damn good income in the meantime, working about 30 hours a week, if that, it says here. Near the bottom of the article, it says, um, in the financial year September to 2016, the DFID gave ninety-two million pounds to the IRC. Not bad in mere tax money, eh? Hey, is that not bad, eh? His own salary out of a year too. It's down near the bottom there. Try hide it in the bottom. I think he was paid an estimate. Not bad. This is for the year four hundred and seven thousand pounds, eh? To run this 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 charity, a two-year New York charity. It says here, as it claims, New York-based charity where he promised to use his donations wisely and efficiently. So he had to work 37 and a half hours a week for that. Oh, poor soul, eh? £407,000. Poor soul. How does he manage it? Oh. Oy, oy, oy. The IRC defended the CEO's salary. He always do, you see. And they always try to say, well, you know, if he worked as a CEO of a corporation, well, if he worked as a CEO of a corporation, let him work as a CEO of a corporation. The whole point of a charity is that it's not a private money-making profit thing and so on, which is a big, big joke. Because when they're in charities, they can give each other whatever kind of salary they want. And most of them do.
But can you believe it though, how they work it all out and, and how they're going to be so successful after when in between going in and out of politics? Not bad, eh? It's not bad at all. But that's that's the system we live in. It's utterly corrupt. Also, too, do you vote for Soros? Eh? Now he's out there in the open now. As some kind of you know, superior person, along with Gates, there, to run the world. This guy who's been involved in sinking countries through through crash their financial systems and stuff, and having overthrows of countries and with color revolutions. And there he's in the Guardian newspaper now. I think the picture in the back was, was of him uh, speaking at the CFR, naturally, the Council on Foreign Relations, you know, that helped run the world, these private organizations. So he calls on the Economic Union to regulate social media and fight populism. So much for freedom, eh? He doesn't want, he only wants his own system of world government ideas to go through, but anything else, oh no, you. you He's trying to get them to regulate by law Their government's to regulate by law Anything else outside this This whole globalistic agenda And and, it, and how he do it He does it too the, the guy who behind the scenes Has all these different jokers writing articles And, and, and let far, far what appears to be the far left uh, wing uh, papers and so on He's claiming that voters' minds are being controlled And manipulated you know, by, by people who get given the wrong impressions of stuff so much for free speech. These guys will, don't want, they can't have you having free speech. they got to ban it. they got to. But again, who voted for Mr. Soros here? Again, what did I say at the start? The people who believe for their riches and their accumulation of wealth there, they're the natural elite to rule the world. And this getting back to eugenics, UK treatment of Down syndrome amounts to eugenics that the Synod has told. Because if you notice, there's very few children getting born these days. You don't see somebody with Down syndrome. There's nothing wrong with these people at all, really. But they've deemed them defective. The elite have deemed them and trained the public to believe they're defective. You'll never meet nicer people than people with Down syndrome. I'm telling you. And everybody's getting advised, oh, you've got to abort them, abort them, abort them. You know, you know, you know. Another one, two, UNICEF, United Nations, again, educational community group, the fund, which is really indoctrination of all children across the world from the United Nations. The top children's rights, rights campaigner who led UK's anti-smacking campaign and has been at it and working for them since the 1960s. He's, he was a cheerleader for them. He's now been jailed for raping of a boy 13 years old and the latest charity sex scandal Look at these people, these great champions across the world, and you better, you better really look in to who they are. They always go to their, to their target, what they want, and they go into all these different organizations when they can get to their targets, naturally. Anyway, he's got three counts of indecent assault, two counts of buggery, and sentenced to six years and eight months in prison. So it's not a speculation, it's, it's, it's been found guilty of all. And his horrific sexual assaults took place over a three-year period in the 1960s, but have only come to light following a police investigation last year. But this is what they give you as heroes, eh? And again, it always sounds so, oh, what a hero, what a hero. There's very few people out there, I have to really say this, they really are who they say they are. And I mean across the board, across the board. 
isn't just the, the fronts for all the fake news, and there are, there are real organizations out there that are definitely fake news. Because everything is to control your minds and your opinions and everything else and direct your thoughts. But even what you think you're, you're following, you haven't got a clue that what you're following is also fake as well. If you knew what it was like in the 90s with the, the alternate media and the ver- incredible variety of very intelligent, well-learned people and who are scholars, really, in their fields, have all been annihilated quietly one by one by one as they present to you with something else that still th- pretends it's, it's the same organization. That's completely different from what it used to be. And the people haven't figured that out yet. That's all intentional. It was planned that way. Sad, isn't it? I said at the very beginning, you have to think for yourselves. People have to think for themselves. If you don't think for yourselves, you're finished. You haven't a chance, a snowflake's chance in hell. Because, you know, if you lose your ability to think and reason, it's, it's, fin- it's utterly finished. Do you understand, they always talk about Germany and, and the Nazis and so on. And people after the facts, like, it's always easier after to say, oh, what we should have done to prevent this from happening. But they didn't. And there were so many things happening leading up to, 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 to World War II in Germany, with the, with the hammering of Germany itself for reparations, payments from World War I to keep them in poverty. And with countries going over their borders and grabbing their coal whenever they wanted it, which they were doing, I mean, they, they had to fight. Even, even top reporters at the Versailles Treaty said that Germany could never do this, that they could never pay this off. And they'd have to either fight their way out of it or starve to death. In other words, it was caused to happen. It was made to happen. But look, look at the Bolshevik Revolution and the millions of people that followed right through from the Soviet era through the Soviet bloc countries. And the horror stories they have there. Eighty-odd million people or more killed by their own governments. There's always a few. There's always a few that see it coming and try to tell the rest. But they're too, I don't know, that's unpleasant. Don't, don't say that. You know, we'll be okay, you know. There you go. And the New Age, what do they do in the New Age? They teach them in what's called the New Age movement. Never look at anything that's unpleasant. So they're easy, easy meat. Easy meat. See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. The three monkeys. And I'll be okay. eh? Really? It's sad but true, but that's how you're trained. And there's lots of folk go along with it. Yet so much could be avoided if... People had just spoken out long before it all happened. It had been completely avoided. And you're seeing the rise of the same totalitarian forces. We've seen it for years now. And really, and when you, you couple that with the science, because it's all, but don't forget these movements are all socialist movements and they base everything on science and they're humanists as well. The pragmatic way, oh, the path of least resistance, situation ethics, oh, there's only, there's only, Ten cans of beans left, and there's, there's 15 folk. What can we do? Huh? You see it in all the different movies too, eh? Haven't you? Lots of movies out right now with that in it. You've all been trained for what's to come. And you'll go willingly and say, oh, well, you know, I guess I was just one of the unfortunates, and they're probably right. I've probably got bad genes, and, you know, no point keeping me alive, yada, yada, yada. What an incredible incredible indoctrination act when they have no problems from their victims they've trained them they've trained them to accept their their fate sad horror 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 
I'm Alan Watchman here at Canada, and it's good night to be your god or your god school with you. <laughs>